0: Notice, ladies and gentlemen, up here in the corner, the word pre-recorded. And that is because I have to be in two places at once today. So you're getting us by Memorex today, which is fine, it's okay. Welcome everybody. My name is Jason Hudd. I'm the editor here at sci-fi for me.com. Sci-fi for me TV, sci-fi for me radio. Shout out to everybody who listens to this show as a podcast. I do want to encourage you to uh, check out the live video every now and again. We do broadcast to YouTube and Odyssey, and I think we're gonna—I think we're gonna start going to Twitch. We'll see. And we do have a Discord server where you can join the conversation because there are a number of conversations happening over there, and some of them involve comic books. And some of them involve what's going on in the indie comic scene right now, which is uh, kind of a kind of a thing, and it's turning into it's turning into not a not a good thing. We're going to get into that here in a minute. When you think about indie comics, though, uh, for a while, the the places where you would fund those would be places like kickstarter and indiegogo would be another one and after a while kickstarter kind of became not very viable because of politics and last year or so there was a discussion started to crop up about indiegogo starting to feel like it was compromised with a number of different projects being shadow banned and for the most part, we were seeing a lot of this happening to uh, comic books, creators that were associating with
1: the dreaded Comics Gate. <laughs>
0: and now it's becoming uh, pretty clear that other options need to be uh, explored. Mandy Summer's coming up with something. Eric July is coming up with something. Uh, Shane Davis has got stuff. and We'll look we'll look at some of this stuff. But one of the ones that we're going to talk about now uh, is a new, uh, a new one that's just launched recently. It's called FundMyComic.com. And joining me today is the founder... Co-founder, founder Luke Stone is here from Luke Stone yep. Studios. He is founder also he yep. He's also the writer of writer of Rift Writers, which no, creator. is creator. I just
1: created that one. Yeah. Okay. I'm the writer one, and artist for another sci-fi book called. Uh, um, hybrids the sons of gods
0: oh that's right that's right okay i had yep. those i had those backwards all right riff riders is in demand right now luke welcome mm-hmm. to the program sir thanks very much for being here
1: hey thank you for having me i'm uh, excited to talk about what we got going on
0: <laughs> so how did how did this start because you're here you are i just want to make comics and now suddenly you're this crowdfunding mogul you've got this new site that you're working on now how did that happen
1: right yeah you know it definitely wasn't something I set out to do. Uh, I don't think most people uh, set out to take a leap off of a cliff, but uh, I certainly did uh, with this one. Now, I had um, you know, a lot of people under- have heard my story, but for those in your audience that have not, in 2021, I got I got sick and I went in the hospital, and I spent five and a half weeks in a coma, and then I spent a total of five months uh, during my my sickness and recovery. And during that time there was a, a large portion of of um, what was going on in the world that that was just uh, absent to me. And so when I started getting some TV finally back and, and and watching the news, I I was really kind of mortified by what was going on. Now I I knew things were kind of bad, but it almost felt like I woke up in in the twilight zone like kind of some other some other realm if you will right and so yeah and then so when I finally started getting back into into the comic uh universe the the industry that I'd been working in kind of part-time I was a full-time pastor at the time so I I kind of knew that there were some concerns um politically that was going on in our country and uh, especially when it uh, came to conservative voices and ultimately Christian conservative voices and so i i found that uh there was a lot of discussion about the the politics that was coming into these crowdfunding sites and we already known about kickstarter indiegogo is basically a good home for for comic books it was well suited for you know kind of what we need to do uh, selling and fulfillment of those books. And it started when I found out that one of my, my friends, someone I'm associated with, had ran a campaign on Indiegogo to to the finish and had um, had successfully funded it and was waiting for their payout. And when their payout didn't come, they contacted indiegogo to find out what was the problem and finally they were told that they weren't going to get their payout because the um trust and safety had found an issue with their campaign after it had already been approved and ran and finished and unless they changed that they weren't going to get their money <laughs>
0: So now, this was
1: the first I'd ever heard of trust and safety. To so, be honest with you, so
0: the campaign, the campaign had been had gone through all of the approval process,
1: yeah,
0: and mm-hmm. had had done whatever review there was, and and yeah. gone through the campaign, the entire entire run of the yeah. campaign, yeah. And it was only at the end, after it's all said and done, they go in there do. Do you know if they were flagged at all? If there was some sort of a complaint that was raised? What What do you think triggered well, something well, like that?
1: There wasn't really any communication either on behalf of Indiegogo. They remained very vague and and they they weren't very helpful. And so they eventually were able to get their funds released. They had to go in and remove some pages that they put in. They felt that it was um, inappropriate. Hmm. But that got me and a few other people kind of researching what trust and safety really was. And. You know, it turns out it's just a small group of people that work for a company. And trust and safety is a uh, a fun word uh, to to cover up. It's a censorship committee is basically what it is. Yeah. So they're allowed to censor not only what gets seen, but who actually gets money. And more recently, in the last couple of months, there was a creator who did a kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing that, that had to deal with transgenderism. And, uh, this, this particular artist was labeled a, a, a turf, which I, I'd also, another term I had to look up for having been in the, you know, kind of been in under a rock for.
0: So, so Luke Stone's nickname is going to be Rip Van Winkle, right? Yeah, I guess so. You're waking up to all this weird stuff. You're like, wow, what's going on? Yeah, it's a
1: crazy universe that we're living in now. But, uh, so... Yeah. So this other creator, they ran a campaign. They were 150% funded, and it was time for them to get a payout. They had already sent their files off to the printer and gotten the work started because they knew they were getting their money. Yeah. And then trust and safety, you know, enter trust and safety once again. And they said, uh, your your campaign violates trust and safety. We're refunding everybody. Ouch. And Indiegogo forced a refund. Well, prior to that, in between that first one and this one, that so you're looking at, you know, January, February of, of 2021, all the way up to, uh, I'm sorry, 2022, all the way up to 2023 here, and in in that time period between, people started noticing that they they couldn't search their campaigns. Right. That when they would Google search them, they wouldn't show up. They would go to the website, and and people were like, Hey, I'm typing in the name of your campaign and it's not popping up and so the only way to access it was if you had a direct link to to the campaign which part of the part of the benefit of using these platforms is that you're able to benefit from their traffic and people can search or even happenstance come across your work because of the algorithms and um That was kind of, that was removed. So uh, Pixel Trader, a guy that does Indicron, uh, wrote a little program, a little quick program to discover what was going on. And he found out that there was a line in the code that said promote, do not like a do not promote code with a uh, particular value added to that or not. And so if that was ticked off, it was basically shadow banned. That made it in the community for a minute until one of the the bigger names got that information and took it directly to Indiegogo, in which <laughs> at which point they changed that code real quick, but the shadow banning continued. Yeah, we're and just, uh, we just knew put it was an issue.
0: Else, huh?
1: They just put it someplace else, a little someplace a little harder to find, That's and nice. but, but the problem still persists.
0: Well, I started finding out about this. I think I first saw uh, Mandy Summers, I think, was one of the first ones that was affected by it. Maybe not the first, but I think that's, that's uh-huh. where I first saw yeah. some mention of it. And then, of course, with Pixel Trader coming out with the code. Now, do you know if it was... Because I wanted to say that it was specifically targeted at Comicsgate, was it not?
1: Well... You see, it was vague enough to where, where you couldn't tell. Okay. Um, it was it was hitting only people that were in, within Comics But it could have been because they were conservatives. Some of the larger names in Comics Gate did not get a shadow ban, but some of them have, Mandy Summers being one of them. Aaron Lepresti, whose book does not violate anything that would be trust or safety. Um I think there's several like Frog G who has an an all ages adventure book got his book shadow banned. Uh Dave Brink has been on that shadow banned list. I've been on that shadow banned list. I don't even really have cuss words in my books. There's no uh sexual content or nudity. Yeah. And it's a you know, so I mean it was it was clearly that it was somehow politically motivated so basically in in 2022 when I came out of the hospital and I saw these things happening you know I come from a religious background as a pastor and I knew that we were already like my board had been in, in talks that they they were seriously looking at making it to where if a church would speak out against certain um LGBTQ practices that they could lose their tax-exempt status and and we as a church were prepared to to lose that status you know we weren't saying anything hateful or 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 out of you know out of anger or spite we were simply speaking what the Bible had said and saying that from a point of love but also you know staying firm to our beliefs and we were prepared you know for whatever consequence and so when I woke up and saw this happening, I knew that it was a matter of time before, before I was going to be unable to reach my, my fan base to sell my comic. And I, I didn't want that to happen. So I started looking into alternatives. And as I was looking at the alternatives, I, I found a number of developers that did white label um, crowdfunding platforms, infrastructure. And if you know anything about white label, it's, it's pretty much, it's theirs, but you license it to slap your, slap your logo all over it. Sure. And so I liked that idea that I could do it from my own website. There was a widget where I could put it anywhere I wanted. And and so I went with this as an option and I tested it out and I did one campaign and it was successfully funded and fulfilled. Uh, really, you know, testing it. And then I decided I was going to do a, a launch with, fund my comic because I I was encouraged by some of my friends I, I told them I could use I could have additional users like I could have a whole bunch of users all at once on this infrastructure and um, it would be you know it would be available to them if they decided that they needed it if there was if there was need for it you know if they got banned or you know kicked off of a platform or if they thought that it wasn't beneficial for them to give, of the money they raised to a platform that honestly didn't want them on there. I said, I said, feel free to come on and save some money and, and use this. I mean, we don't have the audience yet because the word's not out there. I said, it's just, it's just me, you know? And so what wound up happening was we attempted a launch. We had just installed a new feature to the site that we had the developers do and it, it broke the night that we launched it and tested it. So learned a lot of things there, but we wound up uh re kind of um reevaluating what we were doing. We went back in, came up with a new plan. I wound up picking up a partner, a guy named Todd Altman's. So he and I became kind of the co owners of this. We put our money in it, put our money where where our mouth is. Yeah. We believed in it. And as we're working on it, we start seeing all of these things are unfolding. You know, the shadow banning, the you know, the people getting their money sent back you refunded and everything. And we realized that this might be bigger than the niche little group that we've got. Sure. And uh, we should prepare for for something big. You know, like, let's see how we can scale this from small to large. And so we worked on something. And um, we had hoped to have an earlier release date this year. Ran into a couple of hiccups. But we actually wound up releasing Fun My Comic, and so we've got a platform that uh, allows people to run their campaigns without fear of censorship. <laughs> you know, we're not uh, not based on political things anyway. Yeah. So.
0: Now, when when you're putting all of this together, <clears throat> I know scalability is a big thing in terms of well, we've right. we've definitely got to make sure that this thing doesn't break when we add 50 people to it and and that right. sort of thing. Do you yep. have a background in this? Was this all plug and play and you just put the pieces in? Or did, uh, did you have be honest to with you. write anything yourself if the code goes?
1: I don't write code. I'm an artist. I mean, and this all comes from the fact that I just wanted to make comics and be left the hell alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. I'm like, just stay off of my lawn and let me do my thing. You know, let me focus on the people that want to read my books. Let me entertain my fans. Let me focus on growing my fan base the way that I want to. You know, let me do my thing. And so I didn't know, I I had, used, I had done web design and things like that in the past. I did it for uh, freelance. I went to school. Um, that was a little part of the schooling that I received. And yeah, you know, I really hadn't. You know, really used a lot of the old HTML stuff back in the day with with GeoCities. You know, we started out with GeoCities, and uh, I'm dating myself there. I think.
0: No, I, I remember but, yeah. that stuff. Yeah. You don't you don't look, yeah. you don't look that old, <laughs> so
1: Luke. Well, um, you know, thankfully, but I'm you know 42, so I I was uh, you know a teen, early 20s when this internet thing really started. Yeah and uh we you know we took to it and so i do have that kind of a background but as far as web programming and stuff that's that's way beyond me now todd has a background in it and i was able to connect with other people that did but a lot of this is somewhat plug and play that we have had adapted to what we want what we need and so i understand you know being a comic book creator if you're not the best colorist you hire a better colorer. If you're not the best letterer, you hire a better letterer. You know, we, so we do that. That's what we did. We, we hired people and we put a lot of money, invested a lot of money into making this happen. Not just because we wanted it, because we realized that other people will be able to benefit from this. And so there are a few key things that we wanted to focus on. We wanted to focus on creative freedom of of expression We wanted to focus on being able to be fiercely independent so that, you know, you can kind of uh, call the shots on how you run your business. Right. And we wanted to have something that was trustworthy, not that fake trust and safety, but like honest trust. And so we had to, we have to base it on the constitution. We have to base it on the law. So if it doesn't break the constitution, and it isn't against the law, then within reason, we're going to have some responsibility. We're going to let things on on the platform that maybe someone doesn't agree with, maybe it hurts their feelings, on and on either side of the aisle. We don't really don't really care. Right. Um, I'm not politically motivated or really politically aligned, but I just want to make good comics and I want to be left alone. Well, no- I want to be able to buy good games. And RPGs and things like that. Yeah,
0: because you have, you know, in the last in the last few weeks, we've seen all of the stuff that's coming out with Wizards of the Coast and D and D, and you've got Kyle Brink out yep. there mouthing about, you know, white men can't leave the game fast enough for my taste, and saying just some absolutely stupid, deranged right. things, and it, and it seems like this is in all of the spaces now, all the creative spaces, games. Uh, uh, board it's games, everywhere. video games, TV, movies, comics, you know, traditional publishing, and all of that. Now, no, there's no escaping it. And recently, we had, and I this is just in the last few days, we had the president of Crowdfunder, which was the other one that everybody was starting to look at. Right. Uh, telling Chris Brawley over at uh, Bleeding Fool because Chris was involved with Mike Barron on a couple of projects. And Mike's recent, uh, recent project, um, oh, what's it called? Private uh, American. Uh, Private American has been yeah. banned pretty much everywhere. And, and Mike Barron everywhere. is a fascist and a Nazi and all these, all these things, all these labels at him. And so, you know, Chris has got this guy on tape saying, if you're comics gay, we don't want your business. And they're right. going to discriminate. So let me ask you then, Luke Stone of uh, of Fund My Comic, are you going to uh, uh, allow either Comics Gate or non Comics Gate? Let's say somebody comes. In, I mean, you're Comics Gate aligned, I would assume, yeah. Or, yeah. or people that you know are. If somebody comes in and says, well, I'm I'm not Comicsgate or I'm anti-Comicsgate, but I like your platform. I want to use you guys for funding. What's the what's the determination to say yes or no for any project that comes onto your platform? How are you going? It's it's
1: it's yes. It's yes. Um, The only thing that that we screen the product, uh, the the projects for are uh, whether or not they're really ready to launch. Uh, we do have a criteria page of things that we look for. Uh, they can't have nudity, sexual content. We do, um, we do screen for abusive language because we believe that, that um, we want a, a safer work environment and we don't want to cause waves with uh, the banks. Yeah. If we don't have to, there's, there's no need to do that. You can still express yourself the way you want. The content of the book doesn't matter. But but there's no need to you know use foul language and and abusive language. Uh, there's no need um, to depict any sexual about, acts.
0: You're talking about in the in the campaign itself. In the campaign page, not, not yeah. The book, okay.
1: Yeah, well, well, I don't care what's in your book unless it's illegal, and I find out it's illegal. If it's, you know, we we have a policy that if it's um, soliciting minors or as child pornography, yeah. you you get banned from the platform. We don't. You know we don't condone those things um you know don't you know don't break the law with it but outside of that i mean if you you can hate my guts i mean you could be like luke stone that's a that dude's an sob yeah. i can't stand him and uh honestly i don't care if you think that we've created a platform that's still for you it's a we're only taking three percent as opposed to the other platforms taking five percent so you get to keep more of your money i I don't. I don't want to take your your money. That you've worked hard to raise. That we only need that. We're only taking that that fee for maintenance and to and to grow the site at, in terms of uh, adding features and things like that. So those. So, we've,
0: so let me ask. Let me let me just clarify something here real quick, Luke. So that fee is not going to fund your lightsaber collection, right? That
1: that. No, no, that sure. doesn't. Okay. No, that doesn't go to that. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully eventually some of that fee will go to help pay a salary sure. for a number of people because mm-hmm. um because we're having people right now that are kind of managing all of the the at ad, the administration for the site. And one of the things that we want to kind of do to set ourselves apart is help first-time crowdfunders know how to build a site, sure. like know how to build their their campaigns. The other thing we're wanting to do is offer resources for people to get better prices on their, on their kind of the physical products of things that they're getting. And, and not only that, but get better quality products. So we're finding vendors that we trust that we've used and we're putting together that network. And um, so we want to help, help people be successful. Again, whether they like us or not, that's, yeah. you know, we, we pay no never mind to that. It's, we think everyone should have a right to tell their story and, uh, not be censored.
0: So do you so. have, uh, given, given that it's mainly, I'm assuming volunteers at this point, do you have a, yeah. uh, do you have a structure in place? Cause we talked about scalability before, mm-hmm. um, if you're helping, you're kind of holding hands with the newbies Are there particular people as part of the operation that are acting in that mentor capacity, or is it just everybody that's involved and whoever, whoever gets there can answer the question?
1: No, no, there, there's absolutely a plan in place. We've actually, I actually onboarded a new uh, campaign uh, administrator today who will be assisting people in, uh, proving their campaigns and getting them ready to to launch and uh, we've got another one that we'll be training probably here this evening or tomorrow uh, additionally we've got someone working on campaign checklist so that so that people can look through like I need these things before I build my campaign yeah um're we're, we're really letting people know that we don't consider success being funded we consider success fulfilling so funding is only half of the goal the other half of it is actually getting the books out to people that's a, a big focus for our platform we are going to limit the number of campaigns that you can have that are unfulfilled we understand that some people might be a, a, a publisher and they might want to run three or four campaigns at a time and that's fine that's that's fine right but, but fulfillment is going to be a factor. And so we are working with those publishers to make sure that they're not just taking people's money, but they're giving product. They're they're fulfilling the promise. Crowdfunding isn't a, a, a buy a product kind of situation. Even though we look at it that way, it's, it's an angel investment. And, um, you know, it's important to understand the difference between the two. But we want people to have some confidence in using the site and trusting the people that are on the site. So there's some moderation that we're doing with that, some curating, if you will. Um, but we're the advocates. We want to advocate with all the creators. So what we're doing is communicating to them what they need to do to be launch ready, basically. So that that's what we're doing. And um, right now we're bringing on seasoned creators that have done this and are doing it right now. And part of what they're doing is part of their compensation is is they get a lower platform fee. So they get to keep more of their money. So so that's our trade-off right now because we can't... I mean, we're brand new. We're a startup. Right. We can't pay salaries yet. But eventually, we'll have uh, people that are strictly on staff to handle these things. That's long-term goals, hopefully. But we're going to keep this thing niche in, in kind of the beta form. We're going to try not to run any more than, than 50 live or active campaigns at a time. So we want to keep it... Around that because that's what a, our small team will be able to handle sure. for the first year, and then we'll evaluate on whether or not we want to go ahead and um, just kind of open the floodgates and let everyone on. But at that time, we need to we need to have a full staff that that's there and ready. But it's all going to be scalable. We're looking at really where people are are coming from, from whatever whatever platforms they had been on you know, if they're going to be using this one or not. And so we're looking at all those things. Meanwhile, still trying to make great games and comics of our own. So
0: Now, with, in, uh, with Indiegogo, you've got the in-demand option. So you have the yeah. campaign, you go the 30 days, and you can extend another 30 days, and then you go in-demand, which basically right. at that point is a storefront. You're, you're yeah, basically are yeah, basically sure. run. Now, does FunMyComic have that same function? Or are you going to be able to do that on the back yeah, end? Like yes, once we the campaign absolutely is done? do. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that Indiegogo is doing, for the most part, we can do. We are going to do like add ons different. We can't do add ons at the moment, but that's our next upgrade. Uh, it's going to take about 20 or 30 development hours to install it, make it work properly. Hmm. There's some coding that has to be written specifically for our request. And so that's possible, but we have to raise the funds for that first. And so part of that's coming from the 3%. The other part of that is coming from um, a thing called a boost, which I'll talk about here in a minute. But um, we we have the capabilities of basically everything except for add-ons right now, but the functionality that we want to add is a shopping cart. So that you can actually choose, you don't have to make a tier that has duplicate items in it. You can just put every item in your campaign and people can choose it, click on it, and it'll just go to the shopping cart. And then you can just, you know, uh, just like a normal e-commerce situation. Yeah. And so that's one one of the things we're working on. And then we're eventually going to include um, better inventory management for people. Um, Sure. Hopefully some integrated shipping. Yeah, we've got a lot of plans for those kind of things. So,
0: Well, it sounds like you're well on your way to being another one of those sites that people are talking about all the time for this kind of thing. Because you've got there and, and and you're not you're not the first one. but I, And I'm, I'm guessing you're probably not going to be the last one. But I want to talk about that a little bit. The democratization of this crowdfunding space. Because uh, I want to I want to get your opinion on some stuff. You were talking about that boost thing. We'll talk about that here after we get back from the break. Stand by, everybody. We'll be right back. We have 52 reasons to listen to this podcast, but they may change in six months. You're listening to Sci-Fi for Me Radio. I was like okay, what? hold on. You've got somebody, and all he does is put on some glasses and slicks back his hair, and nobody knows who he is. Nobody recognizes him. It's it's it's, it's like that that uh, that scene in, in the Green Lantern movie where she looks at him and is like, "How? You know, it's like you just put on a mask and you expect me not to recognize you?" The H Two O podcast Monday night at eight only on Sci Fi for Me TV.
1: Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV.
0: Back live-ish from the bunker. Jason Hunt here along with Luke Stone who is the uh, co-founder, creator, co-owner of uh, FundMyComics.com. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can go check that out. If you are an independent creator, uh, it's certainly worth a look. (laughs) But Luke, let me ask you this because you're not the only one that's been doing this. Uh, Hmm. uh, Eric July... Launched his uh, ISOM number one on his own website and kind of did like you did. You know, white label and everything. We've got all of the different tools and the bells and the whistles and whatnot. Raises $3.7 million. You've got um, uh, Mandy Summers was talking about working on something with Stuntman Comics with her her imprint. Shane Mm -hmm. Davis... Uh, you've got now uh, uh, Shane doing something called Nine Lives Comics, and I think he's going to be making this available to other creators. You know, Bancroft down in Australia has got cgnow.net. Uh, so this, this is starting to spread. There are other people that are looking at this and going, well, I don't like what Indiegogo is doing to us. I'm going to go do my own thing. And we're almost kind of going back to this point like we were in the in the 90s and into the early aughts where everybody's got their own website. And, you know, back back when the Internet was exploding and we didn't have uh, we didn't have social media. And if you wanted to find out about something, you go to their website. I mean, we've got a We've got a website, We've got a dot com. Everybody's got one. But hardly anybody goes to visit that because you're all on social media. Sure. And it feels, <laughs> excuse me, it feels like we're kind of circling back to those Wild West days where everybody's getting, you know, you mentioned GeoCities and, you know, yeah. Alta Vista and Netscape and, and that sort right. of stuff where let's let's go back to that point where I've got my own website, you've got your own website, and that's where everything lives. How How much do you see this kind of thing with all of these other platforms starting, are these more cooperative, complementary types of things? Or are you looking at all of this? This is now we're getting into competition in the marketplace. How does that affect uh, the overall process of doing this?
1: Well, I, I think with something like comic books, it is the decentralization is actually not good for us. Uh, the direct market was such a, a, great thing to happen to comic books and games when you could go directly to these shops that specialized. Uh, we do see that there's some problem with the specialization of those shops, that it uh eliminates the normings, if you will. Yeah. But w- what's happening is this is kind of a a digital version of of that decentralization where comic Imagine if all the comic book shops in your area close and you don't know where to get them. Now you've either got to go to eBay or this person's website or that person's website, and it's possible to do all of that. And I think where Fun My Comic is different than what these other things have done is that most of these sites work off of a Shopify store or a WordPress press plugin. So they are very single-structured, Sure. Uh, ours is an actual infrastructure that is designed to manage multiple users. We have the ability as a platform to process payments for multiple users. All of that's done securely through Stripe. It's the same company that Kickstarter and Indiegogo use. So we're we're using the exact same payment processing that our competitors are using. And um, the problem with that decentralization is that it becomes more difficult for the fans to find stuff. Yeah. And it's fine if you've got a, a large audience on your own. The problem that we had and the reason why social media was such a good thing for the unknowns and why YouTube is such a great thing for you know the everyday person is now if they had an extreme talent, they have an ability to get that out and be seen because everyone is congregated into the town square, if you will.
0: Yeah.
1: And so they can get out and they can busk in a way with their stuff. And that's where algorithms can be either um, a blessing or a detriment to your career as far as a YouTuber goes or something like that. That's why we stream to so many platforms, right? Yeah, We want to be where everyone's at. So we're easily accessible, I think that when we are isolated on just our own websites, we don't become as easily accessible. And the people that hurts the most is not the Shane Davises, not the Ethan Skyvers, not the Mandy Summers who have all of these, these active members of their fan base, but the people that are maybe a step or two below them, that they are trying to pay their dues. You know, it used to be in comic books that in order to pay your dues, you went out there, you went to the conventions, you uh, showed your art. You started working for smaller publishers, and then those smaller publishers would lead to bigger publishers. And then everything got political and people started getting fired because they voted for the orange guy. Right. Right. And it just got ridiculous where, you know, they were saying, hey, there's a whisper network. There's no such thing as a whisper network. Years later, we find out there's a whisper network that there are these these plots and schemes to get people fired just because they don't like them. Political and personal reasons, very petty reasons. Yep. So now if you fall on the wrong side and you are either adjacent to or or outright a member of this Comicsgate community, you, there are no dues for you. You can't go pay the dues yeah. the way Shane Davis did, the way... Dale Keown did, that Ethan did. Let Those ask, things aren't available to you.
0: Let me ask you this, though, because you mentioned Stripe and, and all of this stuff happening with all of these different companies deciding that we don't want to do business with you because of X and politics and whatnot.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Uh, I want to say t- uh, 2020, maybe. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but I do recall... Uh, a controversy regarding Stripe because they had decided... um, Because that was when BitChute was starting to become a thing as a competitor with with YouTube. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing with uh, Rotten Tomatoes and Brie Larson and Captain Marvel and The Last Jedi, all of this stuff blew up all at once, right? Yeah. And somewhere in the midst of all of that... People started talking about, well, you know, you talk about the democratization of of comics. Now people are starting to talk about, well, we need alternatives to YouTube. We need democratization of video platforms and whatnot. And BitChute became a thing for a lot of people. A lot of people started looking at that. And BitChute had Stripe as their payment processor until Mm -hmm. they didn't. And Stripe made it very clear that it was a political decision. Although they you know, they said it without so much saying it. So right. do you have a concern? Do you have a plan B? What if there is always Stripe... a concern
1: and there is a plan B, yes. Okay, all right. So if Stripe um, suddenly
0: decides you're y'all are y'all smell funny and, and we're gonna go somewhere else, you have right, a plan yeah. for that. Okay.
1: We do have a plan for that. There's a a couple of alternatives, but the ultimate plan for that is to create our own processing hub. So that's a big endeavor. That's ambitious. That's a really big endeavor. That's, yes, yeah. but um, it will be something that we um, that we work on putting into place. Yeah, and and that is where we really need the efforts of everyone. I think when you decentralize or, or, or all of all, all of the people, are, um, we have a problem because we are stronger together you know more voices together um i do worry sometimes about a crowd because we will we will sacrifice our individuality um to kind of be the crowd but but there is a strength in our efforts together but um
0: the other risk of that though and this is something that yeah. i've noticed within the comics Good community is you have factions start to set up um, you really you know, do yeah. for for a while there, war campaign was the big bad guy they were the villain of yep. the piece and you have you know John Delarose out over here and you've got um uh Vox Day over here doing his thing and all these, yep. all, these all these different things and suddenly the the snake starts to eat its own tail at, at some point is is there a is there yeah. a concern that comics gates as a movement loses its momentum what do you do when people start to with this thing starts to kind of fall apart i mean
1: well quite honestly i'll be honest with you that really doesn't have a lot to do with me Uh, i'm you know this is uh this is is not a comics gate uh platform but it is available to comics gate i am a comics gate um associated creator yeah because my fans are are comics gate if they decide to implode or change their name or whatever that doesn't matter there's still going to be people that want to create good books uh and be able to host their stuff on a platform that's not going to bend their knee to a bunch of people that come complaining now if the campaign doesn't break any rules any laws yeah and and it's then it's it's freedom it's it's freedom and and
0: my my question is more kind of geared toward when the drama comes to your front doorstep because we've had instances in the past with a number of different places uh youtube being one where you have a lot of abuse of the complaint system right and you have
1: yeah
0: oh well this person is a really bad person we're seeing with a crowdfunder you know they're deciding just whole cloth everybody that has anything to do with comicsgate is is not right, allowed yeah. do you what kind of mechanisms do you have in place if somebody comes in there and says oh you guys are are you guys are having this you're running this campaign this uh, this person is a so and so such and such you should take them down what kind of a review process would you have after the fact
1: well it's the same one that we have before the fact we okay. don't care if you're a so and so and such and such, unless that, so and so and such and such is illegal. Gotcha. You know, if you, if you are a if you're if you're committing a crime, then yes. If you know someone's committing a crime with what they're doing, please bring it to our attention. Yeah. Otherwise, if you just don't like them, then don't back them. You know, it's that simple. Just keep scrolling. You know, it's not. You know that that's not what this is. It's like.
0: But Luke, you know that there are people out there that are looking for things to complain about.
1: They are, but yeah. the, you know, it only works if you. <laughs> <laughs> it only works if you care, right, about their <laughs> complaints. Um, honestly, we don't. We don't care about that. We care about allowing people the freedom to express themselves, and do it in a in a respectful way. We care about uh, people's ability to be independent in what they do. Uh, free of censorship and uh we care about developing trust i mean how can creators trust that we're going to have their back if someone comes complaining we bend our knee to every complaint
0: absolutely right we
1: we can't do that and um i'm you know i'm i'm i guess i guess i'm I'm a pretty um some people say luke you're the right guy to run this thing because because I don't care about those kind of complaints. I mean, if it's, if it's, I mean, they have a constitutional right to produce art. Yeah. I believe all art should be produced. I don't believe books should be burned. I don't believe that art should be censored. Uh, what's going on with Roald Dahl and his books, Right. it just, it just infuriates me. I think that whether I agree with it or not, which Todd and I are both men of faith, which was a big, of conversation it's like well we're christians
0: oh i'm sure that was what, what do we
1: thing. yeah yeah. what do we allow on the platform and i'm like well if it's not illegal we like if it's legal we have to allow it because i i don't want i wouldn't want an environment where someone silenced me because i was a christian sure they didn't let me on the platform
0: yeah
1: right so i i can't just because someone might have an atheistic view or a you know a muslim view that's different than mine I shouldn't censor them on the platform. So Todd and I both agree the best way to honor God in this situation is to honor people, his creation, and allow them the freedom to express themselves and the freedom to be independent. Um, Now, and in doing that, we build build trust with them. We build trust with the creators for the platform. And then by making sure that we're not allowing the site to be the Wild West, if you will. And and limiting mature content and things like that. By doing that, we're trying to build we're trying to build trust with the users that would come on and and be backers and give these creators their money. So complaints really don't bother me. I don't yeah. care. People complain all the time. Look, so I was in ministry. I was a pastor for nine years. I've been in ministry for twenty years. People complain all the time. <laughs> yeah. Every and, day I got complaints. And, and, I don't really and care.
0: people people within the congregation probably are some of the worst, aren't they?
1: They I really have, were. Uh, I, I think there. I think my time in ministry prepared me for this. <laughs> it's like Luke, we got a complaint about this campaign. Yeah. And I was like, did we approve the campaign? Yeah. Then it's good to go.
0: Yeah.
1: If it made it through the screening process, unless someone comes up and says, You know what? Um, they are they're they're Doing something illegal, yeah. You know, then then we might have to make a stand. But uh,
0: well, if they can make it
1: through the screening process to get on there. When you talk about trust,
0: yeah. When you talk about trust, one of the other things that I hear a lot has to do with fulfillment. It's, you know, I I gave them my money. Where's my book? Are you guys going to get involved on the fulfillment side of things at all, or you just, or is that going to be part of those? that collection of resources here's who you call you know you get together with let's say RJ over critical blast logistics and yeah somebody else malin's doing that's exactly what we're doing uh, okay so you're going to you're going to source that mm-hmm. out
1: that's exactly what yeah we we're, we're we're putting them in connection with the people they need with the vendors they need and so, we're going to be providing advice so on how that process should go and how it should look
0: you're willing to develop your own payment processing hub before you, but yeah. but not the fulfillment. It sounds like fulfillment would be easier though, wouldn't it?
1: Well, no well, we're partnering with RJ.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So RJ, yeah, that's one of the things that we're working on right now. Is RJ has has a uh, some interesting access. So there are two things that we're doing right now. We don't have documentation up about it, but there's two things that we're working on doing is uh getting that documentation ready is if somebody wants help with the fulfillment, they can talk with RJ and he can have access to their campaigns to help them build the tiers in such a way that his fee is worked into the shipping cost, right? Gotcha. And then if they want help with, well, you know, I don't really know how to, you know, get a hold of all these vendors and make sure everything gets printed. And I, I need help with that. I need some project management help. Well, we have people that are experienced in project management that what we'll do is for an additional percentage, 1% of your campaign, we can go in and adjust it. So instead of a 3% platform fee, you'll take a a 4% platform fee, but that 1% goes to whoever's going to project manage you. Gotcha. So we have those two tools that we're going to put in place because we want to, we we're a, we're boutique, and we're one, we want we want to think like we're boutique right now. Yeah. So we want to offer kind of boutique services. That Indiegogo, Kickstarter, Crowdfunder, Crowdfunder could be boutique, but they don't. They're not. But we could be. You know, like like we can be the boutique uh, environment that um, that uh, cam- that campaigners that creators need. Yeah. So what kind that, of that's our goal. Well, what, kind right now.
0: what kind of response have you gotten from creators now that you're live and active and, and out there where people can find this site?
1: Not bad, actually, actually pretty good. We've got a number of creators that have already started building campaigns. We have a number of campaigns that are live right now and many more that will be going live soon. Uh, we're working on some exclusive opportunities for people. Uh, to uh, help promote the site and uh, that way they can get some benefit for helping bring people to the site Uh, so we're we're doing a lot of cool things like that and um, we hope to get even more we're going to be campaigning if you will and going around and telling more people about the site showing them what we can do and allowing them to kind of take a look at it but the response has been really good and I have heard some people say well I want to I want to see how it goes before I, I jump on. Right. And so those, you know, we, we totally understand. And I'm normally that kind of person, but we are throwing some benefit to those people that are kind of our beta launchers. You know, they come in in this, you know, right out of the gate to make campaigns. We're, we're, we're helping them. We're making sure that they are taken care of. So there's a benefit to saying, Luke, I want to launch on front of my comic right away. So, and a lot of that is they get a lot of free promotion, right now (laughs) a lot of free promotion so we're pointing people there and right now as we draw people to the site you know the campaigns that are live are the ones that get attention so how uh
0: how many how many campaigns do you have that are sitting in review right now that aren't live yet is there okay well right
1: now in edit mode that are in editing currently we've got i think it's somewhere around 15 Okay. 15 or 16 different campaigns um, and remember we're trying to keep this niche sure. trying to keep it to right. start with very boutique. So uh, yeah we're that's that's pretty good. We wanted to onboard slowly. We haven't done a, a hard launch and um, you know so that, that's what we're dealing with right now
0: so. and in the middle of all of this, you've got your other comic books, your own graphic novels and such that you're that you're working on as well. Right? Or, or are you taking a break yeah. from that? To, to oh no! Those? Oh
1: no! We're not. We're not stopping at all. I'm the artist for Chrome Dog. I am uh, working on. I'm the artist for a book called uh, Stained Glass. There's another graphic novel that I'm the artist for that I'm working on right now, and I'm going to be doing a number of short stories for other people on top of uh, continuing Rift writers as basically co-creator and project manager and then uh we've got right now one of my campaigns is live on there we're doing uh, my graphic novel and our rpg that we've created is on that uh is on that site right now so yeah we're continuing all of that we're not slowing down which is um which is insane I, i i should probably slow down
0: now I'm looking at this. There's something that I do notice here because you mentioned the RPG, and I see all of these different co- uh, categories here of right. the things what can be funded. Right. I don't, I don't see
1: magazines here.
0: Is there a, a reason for that?
1: No, no. The only reason is because someone hasn't requested that that we create a category for that. So if you would like to use Fund My Comic, I mean, it, it's it's. Pretty clear that it's a comic book environment, but we can literally we can crowdfund anything. I mean, if you wanted to crowdfund a you know a, a George your own version of a George Foreman grill, you could do that here. You can crowdfund literally <laughs> right. anything. Right. But the tools are there for people that do kind of geek entertainment books, things like that. We have some novelists that are interested in crowdfunding and so they will probably come over and use the website. Anyone that wants to take advantage of our, our features. And our three percent platform fee can use it. And if there's a category that you want that we don't have, you just go to the contact form and contact support, and we'll put it in there. Like that's it's that simple. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, is that is that three percent fee negotiable? If I put an ad for fund my comic in in the book?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> it, no, I know absolutely. We're we're doing deals like that. Um, you know, we hope to people that have larger platforms to offer them long-term deals, you know, as far as their platform fee would go uh, in order to, you know, say hey, I'm exclusive with Fun my comic and this is where I go. And they bring all of their users there and they run campaigns. What, then, then we're happy to, because we're boutique and we can do that. Yeah. You know,
0: what are the possibilities that you expand and become kind of an online publisher as well? Uh, online catalog, kind of like Comicsology is doing do you see that in the future at some point yeah oh yeah
1: yeah one of our our probably like phase four plans is to implement some form of on-demand um printing so two things we would like to do primarily the first one with with that idea is that if a book is funded and makes its way into the continuous campaign for format that there would be an option for a password protected part of the site that retailers would go to and they could buy in-demand prints of a book that's already funded at a retailer discount and so all the creator has to do is just opt into that and then we populate that part of the site and handle all of the printing and shipping and they just get their portion we get our portion you know, and the retailer gets their books. So that's something that we're looking at adding probably, like I said, phase four is, awesome. is the plan for that one right now.
0: All right. Well, the, the website is fundmycomic.com. and uh, we'll have a link to this in the notes. You can also find Luke over on Twitter. Luke stone studio is his handle there. And the uh, Rift Riders still in demand over on Indiegogo. Now we'll
1: be we'll be moving that soon. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah. All right, yeah. Luke. Thanks very much. Good luck with the project. We will we will Thank definitely check in and see how things are going here and and uh, keep an eye on this. I'll 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 be watching this myself because I may have I may have an interest in in doing some stuff too. So you never know.
1: Yeah, we'll make sure that magazine tier gets put up there for you then. Okay, all right. That category, all right.
0: All right, thank you, sir. And uh, thanks to everybody for being here today. We are, like I said, pre-recorded, but you can leave comments and you can uh, send emails and whatnot. Uh, Connect with us over on all the different social media platforms, the different video platforms. Get into our Discord server and continue the conversation over there. And uh, we will be back with more conversations throughout the week coming up tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, Nadia Afifi will be here to talk about her new book. And then on Friday, of course, we got Open Line Friday. So join us for all of that. Ranker Pit Thursday night. And uh, then we start it all over again next week. So that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks very much for being here. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFi4Me.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to scifi For me Radio.